Join me in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. At our last members meeting, uh, Pastor Chris spoke from Nehemiah concerning prayer uh, and gave us some prayer points uh, in our prayer lives, some things to pray regarding. And so we want to consider the same from Second Chronicles chapter 20. This chapter recounts the story of King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah as they face a imposing army, a great threat from a vast enemy army. And though they're faced with overwhelming odds, Jehoshaphat turns to God for help and gathers the people of God to seek his guidance through prayer and fasting. And so we want to begin reading tonight in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. The Bible says, After this, the Moabites and Ammonites, together with some of the Maonites, came to fight against Jehoshaphat. People came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast number from beyond the Dead Sea and from Edom has come to fight against you. They are already in Hazazan Tamar, that is, in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he resolved to seek the Lord. Then he proclaimed a fast for all Judah who gathered to seek the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the Lord's temple before the new courtyard. He said, Lord, God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand and no one can stand against you. Are you not our God, who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and who gave it forever to the the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in the land and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, and have said, if disaster comes on us, sword or judgment, pestilence or famine, we will stand before this temple and before you, for your name is in this temple." We will cry to you because our distress, and you will hear and deliver. Now here are the Ammonites and Moabites and the inhabitants of Mount Seir. You did not let Israel invade them when Israel came out of the land of Egypt, but Israel turned away from them and did not destroy them. Look how they repay us by coming to drive out your possession that you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this vast number that comes to fight against us. We do not know what to do, but we look to you. All Judah was standing before the Lord with their dependents, their wives, and their children. In the middle of the congregation, the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite from Asaph's descendants. And he said, listen carefully, all Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast number, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. You will see them coming up the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley facing the wilderness of Jeruel. You do not have to fight this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. He is with you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Tomorrow, go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Then Jehoshaphat knelt low with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord to worship him. Then the Levites from the sons of the Kohathites and the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel, 
shouting loudly. May God bless the reading and preaching of his word. Well, as we come to Second Chronicles 20, we find this man by the name of Jehoshaphat. And he's described earlier in scriptures in chapter 17 of Second Chronicles as a good king. He followed in the ways of his father and served the Lord. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat. He's described further on in chapter 17 as growing stronger and stronger. The Lord is with him in his leadership of the people of Israel. But here in chapter 20, the Moabites and the Ammonites and their allies with them come against the people of Judah. There's this vast army that is looking to conquer the people of Judah. And Jehoshaphat confesses he is afraid. He is fearful. He recognizes and acknowledges the Lord is with him. And yet at the same time, this vast army that's standing against him causes him great fear. They find themselves in the in a dire situation, faced with a vast enemy army that threatened to destroy them. And King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah were overwhelmed and powerless in the face of this army. But Jehoshaphat, as a good king, resolves to seek the Lord and to seek his face concerning this matter through prayer and fasting. And though it's been a recurring theme through the preaching ministry of our church as of late, as we've studied the life of Abraham, we're reminded of our own temptation to rely on our own strength and wisdom and resources, forgetting to turn to God and forgetting to seek His wisdom when times of trouble come upon us. We often succumb to fear and anxiety and despair, failing to recognize that God is our ultimate source of strength, comfort, and victory. We fail to recognize that our human strength is limited, finite. We Instead, we seek answers by our own human cunning and effort. And as at the same time that we're prone to seek answers within ourselves, we are prone to forget the promises and power of God. We allow fear and doubt to grip our hearts, blinding us to the faithfulness and the sovereignty of God in these kinds of of situations. But instead, this passage teaches us that we ought to learn from Jehoshaphat, a powerful king that answers to the problems of life and the fears and doubts that overwhelm us are not found in human cunning or might, but found in the Lord our God. This passage calls us to recognize God's, our need for God's intervention, guidance, and deliverance. It invites us to surrender our self-reliance and humbly seek God's presence and power in our lives. And so we are called to surrender our self-reliance, trust in God's faithfulness, and prayerfully seek His guidance and deliverance. So we want to first consider our need to surrender our self-reliance. Because that in and of itself is limited. We are, though we're naturally inclined towards self-reliance, we're naturally, humanly speaking, inclined in our sin to rely upon ourselves and find our own strength to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, as it were, and face it head on ourselves. But ultimately, the consequences of doing so is always universally defeat. Not only that, but we find that the scripture teaches to the contrary, that God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. 
We've seen in our study of the book of Genesis that Abram serves as an example of this many times. One, as he goes down to Egypt, relying upon himself to find food for his family during a famine. We'll find next week in uh, Genesis chapter 16 as he and Sarai determined to have a children through his, her handmaiden, her servant uh, Hagar. And we'll find it again in Genesis 20 as Abram approaches Abimelech in the same way that he did Pharaoh and Egypt. But here in, 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 um, but here in the story of Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20, he, unlike Abram, his father in the faith, he grows to to trust in the Lord and seek the Lord's grace in this situation. He, in verse 3, calls a fast and calls all the people from the land of Judah to come to Jerusalem, come to the temple, come to what is representative of the presence of God and seek his face. And so they seek God's guidance and his Deliverance. Let's look at his prayer there in verse 6. He says, Lord, God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand, and no one can stand against you. Here he prays, confessing and expressing a confidence in God. First, he's the Lord God, the sovereign God of our ancestors. He is the one in heaven. We studied on Wednesday night last week what it means to pray to our Father in heaven. This isn't merely about where God resides, but about God's power and his authority and his sovereign control over the earth. He appeals to the God of his ancestors, expressing confidence in his sovereignty, but also in his past faithfulness. Are you not the God of our ancestors, having acted faithfully in their lives? And we have those recorded for us. And he recounts some of those past acts of faithfulness in verse 7. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? He goes all the way back to Abraham, but he also appeals to the conquest of the land through Joshua. God has been faithful to his people, and Jehoshaphat acknowledges that. But he also appeals to the prayer of Solomon. If we were to go back earlier in 2 Chronicles, we would read about Solomon dedicating the newly built temple to the Lord. And he prays there, and Jehoshaphat quotes from that prayer, acknowledging their need to look to the Lord during times of disaster. Verse 9 says, If disaster comes on us, sword or judgment, pestilence or famine, we will stand before this temple and before you, for your name is in this temple. We will cry out to you because of our distress, and you will hear and deliver. He appeals to this prayer from so- of Solomon for the Lord to answer it. But after appealing to the Lord's sovereignty and his power and his past acts of faithfulness, Jehoshaphat now turns to address the concern at hand. He begins in verse 10 by saying, Here are the Ammonites and the Moabites. But he goes on to say in verse 12, Our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this vast number that comes to fight against us. We do not know what to do, but we look to you. He confesses their dire need, acknowledging this vast enemy that has come against them, this overwhelming force in their lives. He confesses that they have no power to fight against this enemy army. 
And not only do they have no power, they have no plan. Jehoshaphat confesses, Lord, we don't even know what to do, but we look to you. Our eyes are upon you. And so he pleads for the help of God, and he acknowledges that this is the only place of certainty that they can turn to by trusting in God's past act of faithfulness and his ongoing faithfulness to his people. This is the prayer of Jehoshaphat. And the Lord answers powerfully in verses 13 on down really through the rest of the chapter. And here we have the opportunity to acknowledge that God speaks to them, granting renewed assurance of His presence. Look there at verse 15. He says in verse 15, This is what the Lord says, Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast number, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The Lord gives reassurance that His presence is with them, that this battle belongs to God because He is their covenant, they are, excuse me, His covenant people. He is going to draw near to them and fight the battle for them. In doing this, He calms their fears, speaking to them, saying, do not be afraid. This command occurs uh, in the Word of God many times. It came first to our father in the faith, Abraham, when he appears to him in Genesis 15 in a vision saying, Abram, do not be afraid. And here it comes to the people of God again, though they are afraid of this vast army that has come against them. The Lord speaks a calming reassurance to them, telling them, do not be afraid. And then he calls them to great faith in verse 20. In the morning they got up early and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. As they were about to go out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. There's a call here to believe the word of God. They confess their need for God. God speaks to them through a prophet. And now Jehoshaphat confesses and and calls the people to faithfulness to believe in the word of God. And so we see a model for us here, brothers and sisters, as we consider the uh, things that we face in our lives from trials and temptations to disasters and hardships and all the things that we face. There is a call here first to take those concerns to God. We learned that he is a good father who is available to us, who answers our prayers on Wednesday night. And here we see that he is a sovereign God who is powerful over the greatest of enemies and greatest of circumstances in our lives. There's a call to us to to bring those things to him, casting our cares upon him, for he cares for us. But there is also a call for us to believe his word as he speaks reassuring truths. Do not be afraid. The battle is not yours, but God's. There is a call for us to believe his word and to trust in him. And in doing so, Jehoshaphat proves God's faithfulness once again for his people. As they go out against this enemy, he discovers that the enemy at God's hand has destroyed themselves. God has truly won the battle for them. And so, dear church, as we try to draw to a close, we want to acknowledge our need to shun self-reliance, to push it aside, not to trust in our own strengths, not to trust in chariots and horses, as Psalm 20 says, but to trust in the name of the Lord our God and to seek His help in all the circumstances of life. But this is also a reminder to us to know that in Christ, God has already fought our greatest battles. 
He has conquered that great tempter, the devil. All things are under Christ's feet. He has defeated death and the grave. And He has defeated sin that has no more power over us. He has conquered all of our enemies and they have been placed under His feet. He rules over our enemies and has complete sovereign power over them. Let us trust Him, bringing our needs to Him and confessing our need for His help. And ultimately, the call to us is to respond as Jehoshaphat did in verse 18. Then Jehoshaphat knelt low with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord to worship Him. As we receive God's aid, as we see His faithfulness both in the past and in the present, and expect His faithfulness in the future, the call to us is to bow low and to worship. Let's go to Him in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time together this evening. We thank you for the reminder from Second Chronicles in the life of Jehoshaphat that you are with us, that the battle is not ours but yours. And though there are times in our lives that we don't know what to do and we have no power against that which faces us, we rest in Christ and we come boldly before your throne of grace seeking help in our time of need, knowing with great confidence that because of our union with Christ, you will answer us. Lord, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.